Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Yeah, well, once again, thanks for joining us wherever you're tuned in from. Thank you for spending part of your Sunday with us. It's such an honor uh, that you take some time to do that. Um, I, you know, it's, here's the thing, Pastor Ashley, it's so important right now, more than ever, uh, that we stay connected. It's just all there, it's all there is to it. It's so important that we don't isolate. The enemy wants us to isolate. Uh, he, if, if he, you know, there's a potential that that could be used for him to keep us separated. But I just believe as the church, not being a building, we can really lean in together. And it's so important that we stay connected. And here at Church for All Nations, babe, there's so many different ways that we're able to do that. I was, you know, even thinking about just our online presence. Make sure you're following our social media handle, uh, CFAN253. It's so important that you do that because that's where all of the information's coming from. That's how we uh, get the information out. Because really, all of this is kind of like in real time. It, you know, you know, months and months ago when we planned the 2020 cal- church calendar year, it didn't involve a pandemic. You know what I mean? And so every day we're getting more information, which requires us to make new decisions as a church. And so just stay tuned with that. Stay on our social media. I love how Pastor Eric and Steph, who are our small group pastors, our family pastors, have really, I'm, I'm, they've really dug in. They've gone to the next level with the small groups virtually. And, yeah. um, you know, things like using Zoom for our small groups, using Google Hangouts. There's different platforms that we can use to keep us all connected. It's just been cool, like in these different small groups, seeing like 10 little squares and everyone staying connected. So it's so important to be doing this. Yeah. And you just saw on the screen, if you aren't a part of getting our text announcements or even our emails, you definitely want to sign up to do that now. Text CFAN, that's C-F-A-N, to 84576. And if you do that now, you'll be automatically added. And this morning, our Kids Nation sent out their entire lesson for the week. And so that was such a cool email. If you got it, you could see there that the video lesson is um, in the email. And then they also have a link to a coloring sheet. They have a worship video that you can do with your kids that's so awesome. We'll be posting tomorrow uh, a craft with Pastor Stephanie and their two kiddos. And uh, you'll be able to do that craft with them. The list uh, of items that you need to do that craft is in the email as well. We'll be posting Kids Nation playlist this week. We desire to keep you connected. We want to give you resources to also worship with your family. I'd also say make sure you have your uh, CFAN253 Facebook notifications on because we're going to be going live quite a bit more. Uh, And specifically, make sure on Wednesdays at noon, PST, Pacific Standard Time, to tune in live on Facebook to our our, uh, site because we're going to be going live with noon prayer. You know, uh, when we were able to, we would meet every every Wednesday for noon prayer physically here at the, at the facilities. But we'll be, we'll be doing that virtually, and there's, there'll be worship included. That yeah. some song and whatnot. So make sure uh, you. Uh, Make sure you turn those notifications yeah, on. Yeah, and take lots of pictures and tag us. Make sure that you tag us so that we can repost and show the world amazing ideas of how to connect together during this time. The biggest struggle most of us have right now is in our thinking. Uh, you know, the, the mind can be a battlefield. And Scripture, 
That's why, like, the book of Romans, I mean, so many different areas of Scripture talks about being very intentional with your thought life. And right now, uh, you have to, you really need to be on guard because the struggle right now is in the mind. I've been even reading articles and listening to different um, physicians and psychologists. Right now, if there's ever been a tipping point in this area of mental health, like we're in the middle of it, yeah. and it's going to get worse. And so it's going to be very important that you keep your mind stimulated, um, uh, you, you exercise your mind, and that includes your spirit too. Uh, and so that's where the struggle is going to be. But we cannot lose heart, friends. We can't lose heart. And today we're going to be looking uh, at a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church in the city of Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, uh, you can turn there. If you're leaning back in your recliner and you got your Bible and your coffee, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. But uh, anyway, you can turn there to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If not, it'll be on the screens. But, um, but th- this idea of not losing heart, Paul actually uses this exact phrase twice. He says, do not lose heart. And we're going to read the text here in a second. But let me give you a little bit of context. Let, let me let you know kind of what's going here. In Paul's letter to the church, in Corinth, he's actually addressing chaos. He's addressing the chaos that's taking place within this local Christian community, this church in Corinth. He, he's seeing the, 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 those that are divided. He's seeing people backbiting. He, he's, uh, he's seeing that there's unforgiveness, there's bitterness towards one another, there's disunity. And it concerns Paul to the point that he writes two, two separate letters concerning this group. And we, I won't get into all of it, but they end up actually repenting of their sins. And they actually, they take, uh, they take what he's saying to heart and they, and they, and they change their ways. But he, he's addressing this here. And there's some underlying themes uh, in both of these letters. First of all, the, the, the first theme that is he's writing about is this, this word unity. It's so important that we're unified as a church. He, he, he talks about forgiveness, and then he talks about generosity. It's kind of like the three subpoints that he's hitting constantly in these two letters. And man, you look around, it just feels like we're in chaos right now. This church was in chaos, but man, our globe like is in chaos right, right now. And and, and, and this passage of scripture that we're going to read so applies to this moment right now. We can apply it because if, if we're going to get through this, the church of Jesus Christ is going to have to come together. We have to unify. We have to put aside our differences, our, our, our different interpretations of theology and come together right now. We have to be unified. We have to forgive our brother. We have to forgive our sister. And th- now it sounds, it feels almost counterintuitive because in this moment, it's like we're seeing in grocery stores and we're seeing people hoarding things and this is, it's, it's, more, it's more important than ever right now that we're generous, generous with, with the blessings that the Lord's given us. And, and let me just say this, not on my notes, but, but here's the thing. Those, those out there that aren't believers, they're watching how we're behaving right now. <laughs> like, they're watching the church. So the question is, as, as followers of Jesus, are we going to display our generosity to our neighbor? Are we going to forgive those that hurt us. You know, there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, and there's things that are said just out of places of emotion. Are we going to ratchet this up and, and really be intentional with being unified, forgiving each other, 
and generous. And so the question is, what do we do in the face of chaos? Let's go to the text. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 16. Paul writes, he says, well, here's what you do in the face of chaos. You don't lose heart. Though outwardly, we are wasting away. Now watch this. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. He says, therefore, we don't lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away. And man, all you got to do is flip on the telly. I'm telling you, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, I'm telling you, Drudge Report. All, all I see is chaos. All I see is, is, is visual uh, depictions of wasting away. Our streets are empty. My, you know, uh, our, my brother and sister in their church, they live in New York City. Taylor and Kristen Wilkerson. And I've been looking at scenes of like Times Square and it's like, it's like a ghost town. And so to the naked eye, it looks like we're just wasting away outwardly. And in fact, we are. There's people that are actually getting sick and dying. There, there, there's, there's this pandemic. is So we actually, we actually are wasting away. Yet inwardly, Paul says, there's something going on. There's something going on with the spirit, man. As you pursue more of God, as you dig deeper into his word, if you look for ways to minister to your brother, to your sister, something on the inside is healing your spirit. Man, and Paul addresses that. And so we've been in this series entitled Level Up, talking about what does it look like to go to the next level in every area of our walk with Jesus. And today I want to talk for a couple of minutes with my wife here about leveling up and going into a new season. We're in a new season that at the beginning of 2020, uh, we didn't think was going to look like this. It was the decade of harvest, 2020, and, and now we're seeing wasting away scenarios, and we're seeing chaos. And so, so what does it look like even in the middle of this to, to go to the next level in this season? And so if you're taking notes, write this, write this first one down, this first thought that Ashley and I both have, and that is remember this is just a season meaning this will pass. As daunting and ominous as it seems, in the grand scheme of life, it is just momentary. And then when you see it in the light of eternity, it's even that much less. This season is just a season. You got to remember that. Yeah, and I want to go back to that scripture, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. You just read the first part, but I want to go back because Paul makes that point, the exact point. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles. Light and momentary, right? And I think that it's so powerful to stop and understand exactly what you said. This is just a season. All you mamas out there, if you remember pregnancy. There's part of pregnancy, dear, and I know that you don't know this because you've never actually been pregnant. Uh, (laughs) There's a part of pregnancy that you literally, you're getting so uncomfortable and you're so restricted 
Pastor Michelle Martin, I'm, I'm thinking about you. Uh, you're, you're so restricted and you have to tell yourself over and over, this is, this is going to pass. This is going to pass. This is just a season. This is, this won't last forever. And some of you are going to have to do that in this season. You're going to have to stop and tell yourself over and over, this is just a season. This is not the way it's going to always be. The enemy is lying to so many of us trying to put that in our heads. This is the new norm. No, it's not. This is a season. This is a season and it will pass. And maybe, maybe you've never been pregnant, but you've uh, had a cast on, right? Maybe I think about maybe you had a broken bone and you had a cast and it was, it was restrictive, right? And, but you didn't have to think this is always going to be this way. It's just a season. And I have a tool that helps me, uh, when I get in those moments of freak out, those moments of thinking, oh, it's always going to be this way. And then I react out of that desperation. And so I want to give that tool to you because I think it could be really helpful in this specific season. I call it the strategy of the sevens. And there's so many different versions of this, but I like sevens because I think it's a very biblical number. The strategy of the sevens, and all that is, is in a moment when you are freaking out, you stop and you recognize your freak out. And then you ask yourself three questions. The first question, how will I feel about this in seven days? How will I feel about this in seven days? Will this be this big of a deal in seven days? I got to be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not a homeschool mom. My, I don't homeschool my kids. I don't have that calling, that gifting. It is a powerful gifting. You homeschool moms, you are heroes of heroes. And, but I don't, I don't have that gifting. And so, friends, I don't, I don't have a homeschool schedule for my kids tomorrow. I don't right? I don't have an entire lesson plan. And, and I'm also not freaking out about it because I'm going through that strategy of the sevens. In seven days, I, I won't be freaking out about that. And not only do you ask in seven days, how will I feel about it? Then you ask in seven months, how will I feel about it? Will it still be this big of a deal to me in seven months? Some of you are, are panicking because you only have one roll of toilet paper left. Friends, I understand the panic. That's a crisis. That's a real legitimate crisis. Okay, we're not going to downplay that, all right? But in seven months, will it matter to you that you only have one roll of toilet paper today? Right? Perspective. And then the last seven that you have to ask yourself in this strategy is in seven years, how much will this matter? And once you ask yourself, in seven days, in seven weeks, in seven years, how much will this matter to me? Then you can formulate your reaction. And it helps so much in that perspective to shift and, and really make sure you understand that this season will pass. It won't always be this way. And I got to tell you, babe, I've been thinking all week just about so many of the heroes listed in scripture that had to go through confining seasons before they walked into the destiny that God had for them. I thought about Jonah. I mean, you don't get much more confining than the belly of a well, right? I, I thought about Noah. Gosh, I listed so many of them. Joseph, Daniel, Moses. So many had these restricting, confining seasons. But it was only that, friends. It was just a season right before God ushered them into something that was so much greater than they could have ever 
dreamed. And that's the second point we have for you today. One is remember that this is just a season. Number two is remember that God will use this season if you allow him to, friends. God can and will use this season. Maybe you should write this down because this is such an important principle. Nothing is ever wasted in God's economy. I'm going to say that again. Someone needs to hear that this morning. Nothing is ever wasted in God's economy. He will and can use all of it to help shift you into exactly who he desires for you to be. Friends, he can and will use all of it. And this is exactly what Paul says here. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 4, starting in 16 again, because I like the repetition. I want this to get into your soul. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Well, how do we keep from losing heart, Paul? Though outwardly we're wasting away, there's chaos. Inwardly, the Holy Spirit is renewing us day by day. Verse 17, for our light and momentary troubles, remember, we're we're remembering this is just a season. It won't last forever. Those troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. What is Paul saying here? These seasons, a season like this, that's confining and and difficult, right? What God wants to produce out of this season far outweighs any discomfort that we are feeling right now, friends. And that's going to be so important to remember this. And, And as we're experiencing this season, going back to that principle and understanding that what God may desire to bring out of this season isn't always necessarily what we're looking for. Yeah, and you know, perspective is everything. Like the question is, how are you seeing this season? In fact, on this thought of remembering that God's going to use a season, you know, I, I was thinking about this past Friday night where uh, Ash and I and our two little kids, our daughter Israel and our, our son Fulton, they're just little, little folks. Uh, we were playing PlayStation, of course. Uh, we're confined to the house, and so we're just having a good time, and we were playing cards on our PS4. It's a, obviously a driving game. And one of the rounds, Israel was playing against Fulton. So you have the split screen. And so Israel's on top and Fulton's on the bottom. And Israel was toggling between first place and second place. She was killing it. It was killing it. Like she was just, she was just beating everybody, but she, she wasn't staying at first the whole time. She kept going back and forth and, and we were watching her and she, she like didn't, it didn't look like she was having a very good time. Like she was pretty frustrated and almost upset. And I was like, what's going on? You know, you're like, you're doing really, really well. You know I mean? There's like 15 other cars and you're doing really, really well. Well, on the other hand, our son Fulton was literally in dead last place. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't even see any other of the cars. Not only was he in last place, he was like not even on the track. He he was like (laughs) off the track in the woods, over the bridge, smashing into barns and, and taking out the animals, the whole thing. And the whole time while he's in last place, not even on the track, no one's around, he is laughing and screaming oh and gosh. smiling. Belly laugh. And just woohoo, like having the time of his life. And here's Izzy, who's like literally in first and second place, and she's just, and I was thinking to myself, man, if there was anyone that should have been upset, it should have been Fulton. And the question is, how does that apply to this point that we're trying to make. What, what does that have to do with understanding the season? The question that I pose for you is, 
What if we changed our minds about this season that we find ourselves in right now? Maybe instead of just pushing through and trying to get through it and just being miserable about it the whole way through, maybe we we actually approached it and looked for ways to make the best of it. Like, Like maybe what if we reframed what's going on and tried to find the good in all of it? Because God can use any season. Maybe this is a season where you can really lean in and and really invest in quality time with your family. Maybe this is a, a season where if you're on lockdown at your house, you can at least check on your neighbor. You, you can at least show acts of kindness. Maybe with you pursuing ways to love each other that much more, just maybe he's going to do something on the inside. We're, we're reading about a passage of scripture that says that he's going to renew you on the inside, but it, yeah. it, it requires us stepping out and, and doing these things and, and just helping as we can, just really being kind to our neighbors. Yeah, and we're committed to help you do that in an easier way. We got so many phone calls and text messages over the last week saying, I feel helpless. I don't even know what I can do to help. And so we created this tool from a couple other things that we saw online, and we are calling it the viral kindness letter. Spread kindness. And if you want to download this free resource, it's at cfan.church. And you can see the little bar across the very top of the website and click on it. And it's just a sheet of paper. It's a letter that you can use to reach out to any of your neighbors or anyone that you come across. And it just makes it so much more simple to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this time. It says, hi friends, if you are self-isolating, we would love to help you. It has a place for your name. My name is, I live locally at, you can list, you know, this apartment complex, or you can list exactly where you live, however you feel comfortable, and then put your phone number. And then basically you're offering this. It says, if you are self-isolating due to COVID-19, I can help you with picking up shopping, a friendly phone call, prayer for you or others, posting mail, or even urgent supplies. Just call or text me and I'll do my best to help you with any of these for free. Being just a a godly neighbor, right? And then we listed this disclaimer to keep any of our elderly families Um, from being scared of even this opportunity. Coronavirus is highly contagious. I will take every precaution to be certain that I'm only spreading kindness and nothing else, right? I'll avoid physical contact with you, keeping a distance of at least six feet at all times, wash my hands regularly, and will leave any items for you outside of your door. You are not alone. We are here for you. Friends, that tool is just a simple way We can download it, print it, utilize it in our neighborhoods, making sure that we're being that godly neighbor and helping people and looking for opportunities for God to not only renew in us day by day exactly what the scripture says, but to bring his glory to such a devastating situation. Let's go back to scripture. 2 Corinthians 4, back at verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart even in this difficult season. Though outwardly we're wasting away, we see all sorts of chaos, yet inwardly 
We are being renewed day by day. We know that God can do this for you too, friends. Verse 17, for our light and momentary troubles, this is just a season, just a moment in time, they're achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. God has plans for this season, friends. This does not catch him off guard. Verse 18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And that's our last point for you today as the band comes back. Number three, remember to fix your eyes on what is unseen, especially in this season. And you know what, babe? Sometimes this takes practice. It takes symbols. It takes habits, things to help us remember what's not in front of us. So often we turn the news on and that's what's rehearsed in our heads over and over. So that's just what is seen. And sometimes we need additional symbols to help us remember and dwell on what is unseen, what's not right in front of us. And that's what we're going to do today. We're actually going to do that just here in a moment. You know, I was thinking that scene where Jesus is at the Last Supper you, you can only imagine, because Scripture is clear that he was fully God, but also fully human with human emotions, the internal chaos. We see him in the garden sweating drops of blood. He's so upset about what he's, what he's, what he's been called by his father to do. And in the middle of that internal chaos, some of, some of you have some internal chaos going on right now. He, he takes, he takes a, a portion of time. He knows he's about to be executed very soon. And it's so important to him what he's about to do that he takes the last moments of his life to do this. And it's Holy Communion. He says, I want you to remember what I'm about to do for you. In the midst of my own chaos, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you something that when you get into some chaos in the future, because he never promised that we would avoid it. He did say that he'd be with us. And so we're going to receive communion today. We're going to use the symbols of communion uh, and, and, and to represent a sacred remembering of who he was. And so we're going to take a few minutes here. I'll, I'm going to give you a few minutes to go uh, into your kitchen. And I want you to find uh, your, your nicest, kosher, uh, most expensive Cabernet. I'm kidding. This is just juice. But... Make sure you go in and get Welch's grape juice for the, for the cup. And then I want you also to go in and get your your favorite Hebrew uh, matzah bread, unleavened. Make sure you have to get this exact stuff. It just doesn't no work. No one has this. I'm, okay. We know nobody has that, all right? So we're going to, you know, improvise a little bit here, okay? So what we're going to do, since we know that no one probably has matzah and Monet, uh, we're, we're going to use... Uh, uh, grape crush and Lay's potato chips. All right. So run to your run to your kitchen and find your favorite carbohydrate. Maybe that's an everything bagel. Uh, maybe that's a piece of bread. Uh, maybe it's a triscuit, an the oyster cracker. The leftover ramen from the last leftover night. pizza from Domino's. Sure. It's still cold. Go grab a slice and then get some type of liquid. I've got the great, just in the, the spirit of, of juice and that, the color alone kind of sure. 
here's where I know we're not making light of this. We're just having some fun. But because here's the thing, it's not about the substance. It's it, it's 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 all about the symbol. Yeah. It's not about the substance. All about the symbol. It's it's the heart of what we're doing. And I got this idea because many years ago, I had some friends that told a story of some military friends that they had that were literally on the front lines, desert storm, bullets flying all around them. And they weren't sure if they were going to make it. And they felt so compelled that they wanted to receive communion together, but they didn't have really nice, you know, unleavened bread that we have here at church and juice or wine or whatever. All they had was like a, they had a diet Coke and a, and a bag of Doritos. And they said, well, we, we got to use what we got, right? So use what you got. It's all about the symbol. There's nothing sacred or magical about the symbol. It's, it's what it represents. It represents the body and his blood. And so we're going we're gonna to do that together here. First Corinthians, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. So get your stuff out. Here we go. We're going to receive communion together. First Corinthians chapter 11, the apostle Paul says this. He says, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So honey, go ahead and give me a Lay's baked potato chip. You it's take whatever baked. you, that's not, it's not, oh, it's like the good stuff. It's not even baked. All right. Well, as the grease saturates my fingers, go ahead and break it however you can as another symbol of his broken body. And then just hold it. I remember that his broken body really was for your healing. I want you to know Jesus came for two reasons. He came to give you freedom for your soul. He came to save you. But secondly, he came to heal you. So whatever healing you need, maybe it's an actual physical ailment. Maybe you are in a hospital bed with coronavirus. I'm telling you, he has the power to heal you. And not just your physical body, but your spirit man. Because of his broken body, every broken piece of my own spirit man has been put back together for what he did for us. Come on, let's just lift it up. Lord, we thank you for your broken body. We thank you for this little potato chip. It's not about the potato chip. It's, it's what it represents. It's all about the symbol, Lord God. Your broken body. So Lord God, right now, we know that it represents healing. God, there's people that are sick in body. There's people with cancer. There's people with this COVID-19. There's people with mental health issues. There's people with broken relationships. There's people that are dealing with all kinds of unforgiveness. And Lord, I, I know because of, of the, the your, your body crushed for us. Lord God, I thank you that it, it heals us today. So we receive the body, the symbol in Jesus' name. First Corinthians 11, that next verse, verse 25, says in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So whatever liquid you have there with you, this morning, you just take it. Maybe you want to lift it up. 
And right now in this moment, think about what Jesus did for you. The scripture we just read says that we're not, we're not to think or dwell on the things that are seen. Forget what's going on in the news right now. Forget the fears, forget the chaos. Right now, shift your, your entire focus on what Jesus did for you. Before you were ever born, friends, He knew you. He knew this day would happen. He knew exactly where you'd be seated, where you'd be standing, where you'd be driving, wherever you are right now. He sees you. And I believe He saw you on the cross. On the cross, He loves, he loves you so much that your, your face was in His mind, which is why He was willing to go through what He did for you and for me, because He loves you that much. Friend, He has plans for you. You have breath in your lungs right now because He's not done with you. And He wants to use this. And so right now, let's just thank Him together for His blood and what He did for us on the cross. Lord, I hold this soda right now, God, as a symbol of Your blood. Lord, as a symbol of Your blood that was spilled out for me, Lord, and for every person, Lord, that has ever lived and that ever will live, Lord, so that we, if we receive your sacrifice, God, we can walk in the fullness of life that you have provided for us, that we can walk in perfect forgiveness, Lord. We can walk in your righteousness, meaning we can literally look more and more like you every single day as we submit to you, Lord. We stop now and we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, that your love is so perfect and that it is so big and that it, you reach to us exactly where we are right now in the middle of everything going on around the planet that your love is so much bigger. God, we thank you for how much you love us. Thank you for how perfectly you forgive us. Thank you, God, for your blood that allows us to live in eternity with you, but also to walk in fullness here on this earth. So God, we just thank you. We remember and we dwell on you today, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take that together. Come on, just say thank you, Jesus, wherever you're at. Thank, thank you, you Jesus. Jesus. Thank you for your body Jesus. broken for us, our healing. Thank you for your blood that covers our iniquities. That's an old school word that just covers our sin, our mistakes. God, I thank you that we have new life, a second chance, that we can walk in assignment. We can walk in purpose. We can, we can walk even in the midst of chaos and in, in the middle of coronavirus, we can still do life on mission, on purpose, actually living out and being encouraged by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. We've got some questions that we've prepared for you that Pastor Ashley's going to go over here in just a minute here. But we, we just want you to know how grateful we are that we can be your pastors. How, how even in this bizarre setup that, we, that we're in right now, I still feel so spiritually connected 
with with my local community. And so I thank you for all of the texts, the emails, the comments. Thanks for tuning in on on social media. It's it's literally like it's that renewing from the inside. Like that's happening to me uh, because I talked to Pastor Eric in the lobby. This is going to be a time where we're going to have to really pay attention to our mental health. And just even driving here onto the campus for the second Sunday in a row, knowing that I wasn't going to see people that I'm I'm used to seeing in the physical, like every other day. There, there's friends of ours that we haven't seen in weeks, and I'm not. I'm just. Can I be vulnerable for a second? Like it's starting to it's starting to weigh on me a little bit. But um, I know that it's going to make all of us stronger. I, I want to just say say this: Hang in there. Hang in there. If if you're a person. You, you, you don't feel comfortable on social media, Facebook, you, that's not your thing. I'm telling you, you, you got, you've got to change your mind in this season. You've got to use it. You've got to stay connected. The enemy, the enemy just wants to drop bombs on your mind right now. And the way he's going to do that is if you isolate completely. If you don't call us, if you, we, we have pastors on call, okay? Call us, and, and we want to do whatever we can to love you and to talk with. If you just need somebody to talk to, reach out. We can't just come find you. You, you, you got to do your part. In other circumstances, we're able to go find people that are struggling, you know? It's tricky right now. We're in unprecedented times, but you, you've, you've got you to let us know. Let us know. If you're connected to a senior who you know doesn't have a computer in their home, doesn't have access to technology, would you please do whatever you can to get them connected? Call them at the very minimum. Say, hey, I've got an extra, uh, you know, smart whatever laying around and, and we're going to get you set up. It's been cool just seeing even young people help, helping out the older generation in this area of technology. It's so, some of these things we take for granted. Oh, everyone's got a computer. No, that's not, that's not the case. Even, even Maddie, who was leading worship here, she's a school teacher. And she was talking about in her district, how they're not even they're not even really doing a whole lot as far as stuff online because so many of the kids they don't even have at their homes don't even have access to computers so this is a reality that we're all facing and i don't say that to depress you or to stoke fear in you i, I say that to encourage you to just be vigilant and be looking out for your brother your sister your neighbor your senior citizen um uh, someone who's maybe disabled. Just we gotta we gotta come together, and I'm so grateful that that, that that's what Church for All Nations is already doing. That's what we're all already doing. So we want to say that we love you, and we're gonna do. We are commit. We are committed. I want you to know that to connecting the very most that we can. So hit all hit all those notifications on. So remember, this is just a season, friends. It will not last forever. Number two, remember that God will use this season. If you allow him, nothing is wasted in God's economy. And number three, remember to fix your eyes on what is unseen, especially in this season. Be looking for those God opportunities. Be looking for what God wants to do in and through you. I want to hit a few of these discussion questions. We just came up with three for you this week. Maybe if you're in the middle of a watch party on Facebook, then maybe you kind of post some of your answers to this in the watch party. Maybe you find a friend to text these questions to. Right now, we're going to throw these on the screen. Take a picture of them 
with your phone so that you have them. We're also going to make sure that we post these in the comments of the live stream so that you have them as well. Number one, what habits will you put in place this week to allow the Holy Spirit to renew your mind daily? Friends, make a list of these habits. Make a list, make a plan for this. And then also, how will you stay accountable? to doing those things, have an accountability in place for that. It's gonna be so important. Number two, how might using the strategy of the sevens help you to react to situations in a more appropriate manner? Remember, how am I gonna feel about this in seven days? How am I gonna feel about this in seven weeks? How am I gonna feel about this in seven months? So make sure that you, Think on that as well. It's a great strategy. Number three, what are ways we can practice focusing on what is unseen? How can that help us to see how God might use every circumstance we face? Friends, maybe you want to chat about this or maybe you just want to journal. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. So as you do that, maybe you want to meditate like uh, Pastor Ashley's talking about. I love that journaling idea, taking some time and just... um, you know, being intentional with your thoughts and, and really applying this word. It's very clear that we're called not to just hear it, but to but to, to, to live it out, to do it. This is a way to do that. Watch parties. Yeah, get some conversation going. As you're doing that, maybe you hopped on a little late uh, and you didn't have an opportunity to, uh, to uh, contribute financially today. We're going to put the ways to give back up on the screen. Uh, encourage you in that area. And as we do all of that, uh, the worship team, which is doing a phenomenal job. So Thank you guys amazing. for doing this just an incredible time. And they're producing a lot of uh, worship content for coming out this week. But uh, they're, they're going to they're gonna sing. And uh, just take some time and meditate. Or if you want to give, you can do that too. All right, Lord, thank you for, thank you for my friends. Bless them, Lord Jesus. You've got a plan. We're going to align with what you're doing. Bless them. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.